Hello, I'm Michael Brodeur, and welcome to Leaders Alliance. We are a global community of kingdom-minded leaders who are passionate about helping you become the world-changing leader that God created you to be. Join the conversation. Welcome back to another episode of the Leaders Alliance podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for this particular uh, episode. Uh, We have an amazing guest. My good friend, Brian Ibarra, will be speaking with us in just a few minutes. But let me just give you a little sense of what we're doing here with uh, Leaders Alliance. We are a global community of kingdom-minded leaders from both the marketplace and from the church world. And our, our passion is to see the body of Christ mobilized at a high level so that we can bring the influence and impact in the world around us. You know, Jesus said we're called to be salt and light in the earth, and that's in the Sermon on the Mount, that we're called to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that it actually says in Revelation chapter one, that every believer is called to be a priest and a king to our God. And so what we have is we have this amazing calling, but we have the church actually functioning at a much lower level. We're only, gosh, probably about 20% of believers are mobilized for God's purposes. Only about 20% are serving in any kind of tangible way. About 20% really are aware of their God-given gifts and calling and destiny. And we need to shift that. We, we're organized as a movement, Leaders Alliance, to help every single believer come into the fullness of their God-given calling so that they can be actively impacting the world around us in a powerful way. And that means in the church, obviously, serving in their local church, the family that God has placed them in. But it really means more than that, because only about 2% of all believers will ever make their living behind a pulpit. The majority of believers, 97, 98%, are going to make their living as an educator, or as a nurse in a hospital, or as a as a, a civil servant, you know, doing something there, or in a private business, or, you know, there's, there's many, many areas. But the problem is, is that most of us don't see ourselves as full-time ministers. In fact, every single believer is a full-time minister, regardless of where you make your money. And so our goal is to actually raise the leader level of every single person so they can move from a level one to a level two to a level 10, ultimately, so that they can actually maximize their fruitfulness in Christ for his glory and for his impact in the world around us. He's, he, before he ascended into heaven, he gave us what we call the Great Commission. Go into all the world and make disciples of every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you or to do everything I've commanded you. I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So this is really what it's all about. Every one of us is called to be a disciple and every disciple is called to be a world changer. And that's why we exist in Leaders Alliance is to help believers step into greater and greater awareness of their God-given calling and then help them to actually have the tools and the wisdom to be able to bring that influence that God has ordained for them. So anyway, so it's great to be with you. And uh, I have a special friend that I'm bringing on right now, Brian Ibarra. Brian uh, served as as a protege with me. We're not allowed to use the word intern anymore in California law, but he was one of the third year students that I had the privilege of working with a couple of years ago. And he is just amazing. He's a true revivalist. He came to our school with a a, a rich history of revival impact that had already been happening. And then obviously now that he's gone through the school and the training, he's back in Mexico and he's ministering now in a number of different settings. We're going to talk all about that. But Brian, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Oh, thank you very much, Michael. It's my pleasure and be so, sharing with you. Yeah, and I want you to begin by just sharing a little bit of your story. I mean, it's such an amazing journey that you've had, how you came to Christ, and then how Jesus began to use you almost immediately in Cancun, Mexico, for his glory. So why don't you just share that story with us, and then we'll launch into some other questions. For sure, yes. Um, but I, I met Christ when I was 21 years old. 
and it was through um, my brother struggled for many years with drug addiction and we try everything to help him like uh, psychology and, and rehab places and we were not able to help him so uh, he was living in Cancun and suddenly I received a, a phone call when I was um, living in Mexico City and when I pick up the phone it was my brother that I haven't spoke like many years ago and he wanted to talk to me and the first thing that he said it was like brother please forgive me for all the pain that I have caused you and all the bad things that I have done and at first I was scared because I didn't know anything about Jesus so I was like oh I'm, I'm hoping that he's not planning to in taking his life or anything like that because they raised us in a culture that it was like like pride it was celebrated and being a people that we never apology apologize with anybody so my brother when he said that he he was acting different to our culture and that was like a waking up call for me because something was changing in his life and after that he said like i met christ and he changed my life Wow. And because of my, the way they raised me and they educated me in the Catholic faith, I was like, how you met Christ? Because I know that you go to, to, to mass. I know that you go to church, but I have been reading the Bible. I, I went to a Catholic school and how you, what are you talking about meeting Christ? Because this is so new for me. And he said, I went to a three-day retreat there in the South, in Campeche, Mexico. And, and I had a supernatural experience and I said like oh that sounds good but in Mexico we, they teach us if something sounds that is too good to be true just <laughs> it may be too good to be true so yeah. I decided to, to call a friend and say like hey I need you to go to the to this place uh, with me because I'm not sure what kind of cult or thing my brother is messing with but I, I could see the change because he, he was struggling with drugs and he used to consume drugs all the time. And when I invited him to come to Mexico, I saw him and he was like, he used to have pitch eye, like darkness in his eyes. Yeah. And when I was seeing him after that experience, he was alive. He had like this glimpse in his eyes, these lights, and he was just walking all the time with a Bible under his arm and opening. Right. Uh, the scriptures and reading and he was trying to tell me about the scriptures but I, I wasn't able to understand what he was meaning with all of that but I went to Campeche in the first two days uh, it was strange because I saw like these manifestations people getting delivered and I was like okay I, I want that glory and that light in my eyes but I don't want this kind of manifestation this is so yeah. new for me and not even a heads up who with that kind of things happening in that place. So it was like, oh, please just don't get too close to me because this is scary. And something beautiful happened, Michael. When I was, I, I stepped out of the meeting because at some point I, I got like really tense and anxious seeing all these people getting delivered on my left and right. And I said like, okay, enough. I don't want anything like that because they told us in the Catholic church that uh, every manifestation that it was supernatural it was from the devil so i didn't want anything to do with that so i decided to step out and it was like a football field from distance from the main auditory to uh, the place that we were sleeping in and when i was walking through that field this small lady approached to me and she said just don't be prideful open your heart Wow. because God wants to encounter you wow. and God knows how to to get to us because the person that I love the most in this earth it, it was my grandmother and it, it has like the similar uh, height and the similar uh, she was skinny like my my grandma and I said okay thank you very much because that that thing that she advised to me it called me so I went I slept and I, I wanted to thank to that lady for uh, the wisdom that she imparted that night and I started asking around uh, to, to find this woman. And when I went around and uh, saying like, oh, have you seen this lady? And I described the lady. They said like, we don't have anyone in this place like with, with that uh, characteristics that you are mentioning. Wow. 
and I and I thought because I was a smart street smart, so I was like, oh, they they are trying to play me here and pretending that everything is supernatural, but I'm not buying it. So I excused myself uh, in the middle of a, of the meeting, saying like, oh, I need to use the bathroom, and I went to the kitchen where all the staff was uh, gathered there having breakfast, and I entered and I. And I asked for the lady. I said, like, hey, the pastor is calling this lady and she's short. And, and I started describing it and said, like, we don't have anyone like that. So I said, like, something is going on. And that started just opening my heart, like something is happening. And probably this is what you have been looking all your life, like for an experience with God, not knowing about God, but meeting God. But it was different. So I went back to the meeting and and when they were praying, this gift of faith just came and it sparked inside my heart. And I just believed that God was real. And I couldn't explain it, but I, I just knew that I knew that he was real. And at that moment, all these mental walls and all these doubts and all these things just crumbled down. Wow. I was so beautiful. I remember it very clear. And I fell on my knees and I said, like, Jesus, I don't, I don't want my life. I have been just running out of this place and I feel that, that I'm stuck. I feel desperate and I want to give you my life. They say that if I give you my life, you will give him yours and, and I give you my life and, and I mean it. So when I fell on my knees, I was weeping and, and I felt uh, two hands, like two people, uh, one on my right hand, the other one on the left one. And they said, like, Brian, we have been waiting for this moment. And God has been waiting because you you were born for this thing. And you will go and you will travel and you will do all these mighty things and beautiful. And I remember some, some of them that is the thing that I'm doing now. But at that moment, I couldn't understand because yeah. I was so new and I, I was a mess. I was in all the dirt and not the, all the precious things that got deposited inside of me. And when I opened my eyes... I still felt these two hands and I hear like the voices just talking to me. Something scary, but I knew because I read the Bible that like these kind of encounters and angelic manifestations, they were part of walking with God. So I decided to stay there and the evangelist that uh, he was preaching and doing all this uh, campaign, he moved to Cancun. So I decided not to go back to Mexico City, just to go to Cancun. And I asked the, the evangelist, do you have any job? Do you have any income? And he said, no, I'm just walking uh, by faith. And I said, like, okay, just let me help you then. But I want you to commit yourself to preach the gospel to me in the morning and in the, in the afternoon. Wow. And I will take you for breakfast and I will take you to a restaurant for lunch. And, and through that time, I want you to explain everything about Christ to me and all these manifestations and all these things that I'm going through. And he started just explaining and, and we helped him. He, he's, uh, we helped with finances to start a church there in Cancun. And I appreciate very much like the basic training and the, such simple instructions, something similar like Jesus Christ. It wasn't complicated. He didn't, didn't say like, Brian, you need to wait like four years to go through this level one, level two, uh, leadership training he said like you are well equipped with the holy spirit and this is these are the scriptures so he hand me a bible i start reading it like all day long and i start just uh, the second thing that he gave me it was a cd with worship music and he said like just worship god to yeah. allow him to wash you and to remove all sin or remove all these things as you worship him he will deliver you and the third uh, thing that he mentioned he was just praying tongues, praying the spirit through the night. And mm -hmm. as you get these impressions or, or this, uh, as, as you feel the presence of God and it comes an idea, just go and do it. Wow. So I decided to just walk with that because I, I'm, I'm, I'm not kind of the person that is saying like, how is going to this, this is going to happen. I'm more like, okay, I believe so. And I'm just going to walk things out and, and start doing it. And we went to these places called, um, it's, it's outside of Cancun. And it was like a really rough neighborhood with all these gangsters. The police didn't go in inside those places. 
I said, like, these people, they need Jesus. And some of the people in the retreat, they, they came from that place. So we, we all agreed to start just throwing a party. But wow. it was like uh, this setup for all the gangsters because we came with these hard hearts to Christ. And he just opened our hearts to him because it was an encounter. So we decided to... To do that, and one of the members that he received Christ at the same time in the same place, he yeah. allowed us to host a meeting in his house, and we would this rap music because they, they it, it was like the most listened music in, in that time there, and, and reggaeton also, but it was Christian. It was like people giving glory to God through rap and reggaeton music. And they yeah. didn't know. They were just dancing and doing all this crazy stuff without knowing that it was music, worshiping God in a different rhythm. So they start just coming to the party. We throw the invitation. Everyone came. We put like the sodas and drinks, no alcohol, because we, we didn't believe in giving that kind of things to people. Right. They came with their own alcohol and drugs. <laughs> but <laughs> they start just packing the place and all these gangsters. You can see like people with this darkness in their eyes and they were just consuming drugs and smoking weed but when everyone everyone was inside the place and it was packed i gave like the sign to one of the members of the church and i said like lock the door because now there are <laughs> they are here inside with us and the presence of god and there is no one who stands before christ without bowing and confessing that he is lord so let's just trust in the presence and they lock the door and they had they had like knives and all these weapons and drugs but we were just trusting the presence of god and i said like everyone is having fun and everyone went crazy like yeah we are having fun in other language you know like with right. beep 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 things yeah. but it's it's how it works so then i said like but i have something better to offer to all of you in this place and it's something better than cocaine better than than lsd better than all these drugs and his name is jesus christ and he changed my life wow. and i started just sharing my my testimony of emptiness and brokenness and how he came and filled every every place in my heart in my mind and he now i was living the life that i longed for many years and and i invited them but it was the, the only thing that I, I learned how to make an altar call. So I said, like, if you want to receive Christ, you just need to come to the front and, and drop all your weapons and drop all your drugs in this trash bin. And they start just dropping everything. And since that point, I, we, start, we continue doing that kind of meetings. And we got people that they came from uh, organized crime and they were in gang members. Uh -huh. They knew how to break dance. They, they were into rap music. And I didn't try to change the gifts that God gave to them. I just tried to sanctify those vessels and to use those tools as the devil used that to destroy, but just used for the glory of God and to get into those places and, and be able to penetrate in those areas that they were, uh, where they used to live and with the people that they used to gather. And so we invest some money and we start just buying like this sound equipment and we went to the parks and in three months we had like 200 people gang members just gathering with us and so learning through the bible they put me as a, a youth pastor i didn't have any idea that i what i was doing i was just listening some uh, recordings of dante gavel and other preachers in a small stereo and, and everyone gathered and took notes and we were now and we were more evangelistic at that point we were just gathering and gathering and wow. bringing more people to christ and from that the, that point we start just knocking on some doors in the government to allow us to go in, um, into public schools with the gospel and and some uh, plays and uh, theater but we were bringing the, the gospel through acting so wow. we start doing that and as we step into public schools and, and giving like words of knowledge we didn't know what was going on or, or anything about giftings but we were just allowing the holy spirit to have his way and he started just prophesying give, giving words of knowledge and people start just coming and coming and coming to christ and and one year after the the governor of that city 
of Cancun, he was Christian. So he started just opening everything and, and we started just playing it out of the box because I didn't have any structure, but I have yeah. like the inspiration just to go out and the love and diversity of ways of loving people. Wow, that's so amazing. So you really almost maybe a month or two after you came to Christ, you started ministering and you had yes. like a revival take place. I mean, over 200 people came to the Lord in that first season. And then beyond that, you just kept mobilizing them to preach the gospel in different places. I mean, what an amazing testimony. Because again, you know, you, you maybe didn't have all the full knowledge of scripture, but you certainly had the knowledge of what Jesus had done for you. And so that power of testimony. But I want to go back to one other thing you shared earlier in a different broadcast where you said you said that um, you were actually, you owned a house at 15, you were in business, but you were also involved yes. in a lot of sin prior to that time. Um, how did you receive your call to ministry, like to know that this was going to be your destiny? Oh, that's a good question, Michael. Yes, uh, I've been always like outgoing and, and I'm an achiever. That's my personality that, that I have something in my mind or heart. I just go after it hard until I get it. And when I was 15, I remember my father. I, I was very smart, but I didn't like just sitting down in a school for six, seven hours without moving and not making any sound. So I didn't like it very much. I was smart. I was like getting really good grades and the teachers, they were frustrated with me because I was smart enough to, to go through school, but I was, I think I, I, I had like this, how you call it when you, you can't pay attention and now they yeah. diagnose that. ADHD. Yeah. Yes. Because I was like all the way, all the time I wanted to go outside and do things. So my father said, like, in, in, in my house, you have two options, or you study or you work. Uh, but we don't want any, anyone lazy here, so you need to, to wow. choose. Yeah. And I said, like, okay, I will just go and work because I like more money than school. So I started just working. And, and yeah, God gave me that, those connections even when I didn't know him. But I, I went to Cancun and I met these people that came from Miami. He, and uh, they had this business putting this special film on windows uh, for hurricanes just to protect like hotels and windows and houses and and i said like oh i have some money so why don't we invest in your company and start just partnering and and i will go and knock some doors in the hotels in cancun and we start just working you and i and we get rich just doing that wow. and we start just doing that and after uh, working that we start just earning a good amount of money and i bought the house i bought the car when i was like 15 16 years old living in wow. cancun but i didn't know how to administrate and i lose most of it <laughs> and but then i i went into business again back in and we were about to sign for this family company that we were building with my brothers and, and my father but at that time I met Christ. So it was probably two months or three months after. Yeah. And when I'm reading the scriptures uh, and I read the story about the young, young, rich person that was called by Jesus and say, one thing is missing. Just go and sell everything that you have and give it to the poor and follow me. And when wow. I read that part, it just jumped into my heart and, and I just started just weeping and I knew. No one explained to me. I just knew that it was God calling me and saying, like, I was I made you for this, not not to make money. I made you to to be a minister. So I went to my father and, and he saw me like very serious. And I said, like, Dad, I can't sign. I can't be part of it because uh, God has called me to serve him. Wow. Wow. And he looked at me like saying, I don't understand anything like that, but I know that you are crazy and when you have an idea you don't let go and say okay if that's wow. what you want and you are sure about it we will help you as much as we can so like thank you and i start just ministering and i when i did that i grabbed all my my coats and all my suits and all these things that i had and all these expensive clothes and i sell two cars and i just give it to the poor and to the gospel to plant churches and and that's how we planted a church in Cancun and help other ministries just to get a, get um, with their, their own piece of land and the equipment and everything necessary to, 
to preach and, and I started investing in, in developing people because I was studying Christ for the nations at that point because God yeah. called me and said, you need to be prepared. You have lots of passion and courage, but you need also to prepare yourself. And that was uh, like the first time that he called me to prepare and go into ministry. And I, it was yeah. more like passing me through a filter and just removing all these things that my heart longed for and just allowing God to be the only desire. And after that, I'm, I'm wearing this ring because it's, it's the second time that God called me into ministry and he upgraded me into a different office in ministry. And when I was uh, hosting a, a campaign, a healing campaign, and I was ministering to people with so many healings, like people with arthritis, just, and they have deformities in, the, in their fingers and just coming back into full wow, well-made fingers. And, and when I was there, I saw like this ring in the spirit in my hand. And I was like, oh, this is curious. This is new. And someone mentioned, oh, that's a pretty ring in the meeting, but I wasn't wearing any ring. Wow. And, got, and after that, I went to pray and, and God told me, I'm calling you and I want you for myself. And, and I want your life for me and, and I will anoint you and I will use you. And he gave me Luke um, chapter 1, 17, that you will go with the power and the spirit of Elijah and you will bring uh, the hearts of the children to the father and the father to the okay. children. And, and I put that and he said, like, uh, the, the Holy Spirit in your generation is going to be called unstoppable. Wow. And I engraved that inside my ring and I said, like, okay, God. This is so what good. I'm going to do the rest of my life. That's so good. Well, I want to explore that issue of your calling to this generation a little bit more in a, in a, in a few minutes. But um, so we met when you were a student at uh, BSSM. So after a couple of years, you came up to the U.S., up to Redding, California, and went to the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. Talk about that season a little bit and how we met and how we began working together. Perfect. Yes, of course. It was, uh, yeah, like a very special time in my life because God took me to another level just going there and meeting you. It was like most of the fruit that I'm doing now, all the ministry, it's because we walk together and I got that impartation and, and, and start just walking in a different dimension of knowing God and strategy for church. But before I went to U.S., um, USA, it happened that God called me outside of the church. And I was very confused because I served like co-pastoring a church and I loved the church. And I was just hosting revival meetings all around Mexico and not in, in, in big mega churches here, but in, in places that no one wanted to go, like in, in dumpsters and in, in difficult areas in the jungle. And we start just seeing miracles and revival and we start just doing that. And God slowly said, like, you need to stop. And I was like, why? We're winning. We are doing lots of things. Many people is yeah. getting healed. Many people is getting saved. So why are you stopping? But you are more, you are wisdom itself. So I will just obey. And, and he said, like, you need to go outside to understand church because you are so inside the church that you haven't seen, like, the, the whole picture of the things that I'm going to do. So wow. I went, like walking and, and of course walking with leaders and I went outside in a in a good term with the pastor. He's a friend of mine until now and, and I just said like I need to discover God in a different way. And that's when God calls me to go to BSSM. At the beginning I was like I don't need another ministry school. I have been through two of them and I, I don't know why you're taking me to BSSM. But I, I follow God and I move there and I remember the first they uh, it was the first week of the school when you came inside the main room and just to explain uh, about destiny finder and about church leadership and plant uh, track and when i was there sitting god told me just walk with that man because he's the key to unlock the things that i want for you so wow. i started just signing up through all your uh, classes and we started just developing this friendship and and I love that because I needed, I really needed like right. vision for the church and a structure and, and to have more like the capacity of gathering teams and, and being intentional in systems, systematic thinking. And, and now I'm doing it. So I have seen much more fruit 
since that time uh, working with you when I came back to Mexico. I did what you, all, you are always teaching, just to not waste time in, in big sermons or in, in, in meetings that people is going to forget. Just be able to be meeting one-on-one -on -one with leaders and, and walk with them and do life with them. And I started doing that and through the pandemic and all these years that I came back to Mexico, we have planted three churches and we're just mobilizing leaders. Right now I have a group of 40 leaders that I'm kind of coaching and mentoring and I'm equipping and I'm just pushing to go forward and to conquer wow. the land. So. Thank Great. you for everything, Mike. Uh, that's so exciting. Yeah. So um, talk to me about Latin America right now. You're you're based in Mexico City, but you minister throughout yes. Mexico and and you have connections throughout most of Latin America. Tell us like what do you see God doing right now? Like what is what is on God's agenda for for your nation? Uh, it's really I think we're in, in a in a very important place right now and and the thing that I, I have been thinking is that we were very good before in just doing like um like being like the priesthood but we forgot about reigning yeah and we don't know how to go outside and and to the society in a corrupt world because here in mexico it's it's very difficult everything is corruption you need to to bribe you need to move because if not you can't survive and and we want to change that, but we have been like just uh, in the past, the church wanted to gather people to go inside the building and just to keep them safe until they die or Jesus came right. back when he right. comes back. And, and I have been always feisty and I was like, I don't think that this is the real thing. We need to go outside and, and if it's bigger, the Holy Spirit in us than the spirit of the world, but why are we hiding? behind these things and why not we going out and, and just that's why Christ gave us authority to cast out demons to take yeah. them out of the land yeah. so I start just doing that and believing and, 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 and spending time in prayer and intercession and I start just doing it and people they criticize me a lot like saying no Brian but you need to bring everybody everyone inside the building and I was like no we are the building of God. We need to go outside and we need to... I had like probably 10, 10 small groups around the city and we were performing like miracles, signs and wonders and, and prophetic and supernatural ministry and people start just coming and coming from all these different places and, and, and we start sitting at tables because they wanted, wanted us to go and, and talk to them about Jesus to their families. And I ended up in Venezuela uh, going wow. to, to Caracas, Venezuela and Texas and different places just because I was able to step out of my comfort zone and sit with people that they didn't think like me. They didn't believe in God. But sometimes we need to have enough faith for the world and just go out and do something. And, and so I believe that God is calling like an army in, in, in Latin America to raise up and mobilize church outside of the building. And we don't have everything figured out. But yeah. We know that the Holy Spirit is with us and he's the one who's going to lead us. Now, in Latin America, though, we have obviously the Catholic uh, history, but we also have uh, the sort of the newer churches, the Pentecostal churches and so forth. And many of those are, are, are bound by some religious sort of, uh, you know, hindrances. And uh, how do you see the church stepping into this next season? Like, what do you like, especially with young leaders? Let's talk about the emerging generation leaders that you're called to. How do you see um, the church shifting in the, in the next, uh, let's say, five years? Okay. I, I, I believe that uh, the key of everything is just going to the, basi to, the, uh, to the basic things that Jesus just shared with us, and it's to gather around apostles and, and prophets. And we need to learn how to wo uh, work together because we are not working together. It's, it's, everything is like factions, church here yeah. in Latin America. And every, everyone is fighting for their church, not for their king. And we yeah. need to change that. And, and I'm just modeling that saying like, hey, I don't care. I will serve. I will give you money. I will help you because right. I want Christ to be known. I don't care about me being like the main name or famous in, in Mexico. I don't, I don't care about those things. I care about winning souls. I, I, I care about God. So I, I have been uh, coaching 
churches with senior pastors that they have like above 50 years old and it's very difficult michael because at first they say okay you know what you're doing you have experience and they bring me into the like the the table and just to explain and i start just sharing it they say like okay this sounds really good but when it's about to execute the plan they're like mm, too many changes we don't want too much changes because that can jeopardize things or we are not sure on how to get there and even if i offer to help um, them and they end up choosing fear yeah. because of the changes yeah. and because they depend the income to live it's it's attached to how many people they gather and That's if they right. shift things they will leave church and they will not have enough money so mm -hmm. i said like that's not a problem we can just uh, build a business or something like that the money is not an uh, an issue we need to to start just serving god and mm -hmm. so i started just turning into new leaders that they had um, under 40 years old and i started just sewing into them yeah no, just walking and they were like common people michael they were not mm -hmm. like leaders they didn't right. have any position but i said like just come with me and gather and, and i will show you just travel with me and we start just they start just getting unlocked in those things that they yeah. carried and now they are stepping into their ministry that's amazing and i think that we need to see that gold and we need to see the potential and work with that because if we want something that is already made it has also already a shape and we it's very difficult to to change that um, situation but if we take young leaders that they have the passion we we can train them we can give them vision and we need to open space for them just to express what god is calling calling them to do that's so true i mean you know i i, I see this all around the world not just in latin america but certainly in the us and europe and so forth that there's this there's there's two mentalities that tend to govern church leaders and one is what we would call a church mentality where they're focused on the four walls and the people that are within the four walls and then there's those that god has enlarged to have a kingdom mentality so church mentality kingdom mentality and i believe that that's what you're talking about is that many people get stuck in in and and it is driven by fear fear of losing people, fear of uh, having others maybe come in and take their people, uh, fear of losing money, fear of, of bankruptcy even in some cases, because mm -hmm. if you lose your people and your money, then how do you pay your bills? And so mm -hmm. the mentality of being focused only on the local church is problematic. And so we want to enlarge people and see that, wait a minute, we're not here just to serve ourselves. We're here to bring transformation to the greater city, to the greater nation. How do we do that? And, and what you're saying is you're saying that sometimes it's difficult to convert somebody who's already stuck in a, in a church mentality. That sometimes mm -hmm. we need to go to younger leaders and raise them up with a different mentality from scratch. And I feel like that's one of the things that you know, we, we really want to do with Leaders Alliance is to help emerging leaders actually begin to see the kingdom purposes from a different angle. We love the local church. We favor the local church. We, we believe the local church has a significant role to play in what God's doing on the earth. But we also want to make sure that the local church doesn't become a hindrance to the Great Commission. And sometimes it does. And so talk about that. Talk about how you're working with young leaders now leaders under 40, leaders under 30, how are you working with them to instill a different mentality? Okay. Uh, with these young leaders that I'm investing in them, I have been just first praying, praying for them. Yeah. And, and as the same as Jesus did in, in his time, that he prayed to know which one uh, he was to invest his life and his time. Yeah. And he, he chose 12 of them. And so... Since the beginning, I used my prophetic side just to do that. And I start just praying. I see like the, the result of all the process first. And I say like, these people, they have what it, it's needed. Because you can, you can teach the mind, but it's, you can impart the courage. You need to have it. That's right. And, and I'm looking always for brave people. That's kind of the, this is my, my ministry that I'm building now is, is House of Braves. So I'm, I'm looking for 
certain kind of people that they are outgoing, that they are daring, that they are desperate, that they are, I don't care the background, I just care the heart and I can yes. teach everything else. Wow. So that's the transition that I'm doing that the people that they are rejected for church, because now we have all these standards. If you have certain color of skin, if you dress this, this uh, certain way, you can be like the senior pastor or the image of church because it's marketing. And, and I understand that, but I believe in the power of God. I don't believe that God is choosing like the most beautiful person or the well-dressed. He's, he's choosing mighty warriors. And sometimes they look like broken people. Wow, and I'm I have been gathering broken people that they come from divorce or they come from certain things that they have brokenness but they have greatness at the same time. Wow. And I have been just gathering them and saying like, hey, I don't care about your brokenness. Just walk with me. And wow. they are suicidal. They have many troubles, but when they I spend time with them, they start just getting this impartation of faith. They start just saying like, hey, I'm 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 built for great things, and I start they start just getting confident and and. and healthy enough to step into their ministry wow. and i remember this rich lady that i started mentoring and and she married to like this guy who owns like these uh, mines gold mines and and he has like jewelries and he's very rich wow. and he he put this woman in this big place of abundance and when i met her i started just talking about living everything for jesus and i saw her as a pastor just doing the works of god when I met her, so I started just sharing with her, sharing with her, and just recently she decided to renounce to everything because the husband uh, abandoned her, but she was depending and, and finances uh, on that man, but she rejected everything just to go and plant a church and serve God, and I have seen this fruit. It requires lots of gods to, to go and do that, and that's the result. When you believe in people, they start believing in themselves. That's when awesome. Do you, you allow them and you teach them and they get some wins in their battles they start just getting very confident and you start just pushing them and beyond their fears and 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 the little space that they created and they start just going to, into this big place of believing god wow that's so good so the first step obviously is prayer you said you know just yes who is god's choice and that's what jesus obviously modeled for us in like mm -hmm. Luke, Luke 8 and 9, and then when he chooses the 12, and then he chose 70 others. So he had this, you know, revelation from the Father to actually choose these people. The second thing you said was to be able to actually believe in those individuals, even in their brokenness, so that we mm -hmm. can, uh, in, in a sense, call them up to a higher place. Now talk yes. about also equipping. Uh, how are you training them right now to you know, what, what aspects of, of scripture are you, are you delivering? What kind of, uh, um, let's call it, you know, the practical side of things. How are you training them? Okay, the, the practical side is, is modeling. Like, um, first, I want, I want them to love God. Mm -hmm. So it's one of the aspects that I most focus. Like, like if yeah. you are going to sacrifice and if you are going to battle, Faith move, removes mountains, but love crosses seas just to get yes. to people. That's and good. if we don't love enough, we are not interested in moving any mountains unless where it's on our own selfish way that we want to remove the mountain. But yeah. we're not fighting for the people, we're fighting for us. So I, I need them to love God and uh, to the point that they start loving God for uh, loving God for God's sake, not for wow. our own sake. Yes. So I need them to be worshipers. I need them to be really in love with God. So that's one of the main things that I'm talking. And, and I use like different methods, like the climbing ladder, or like the heavenly ladder that a, a saint wrote that book. And it's about a sanctification, how we go through this process of living everything in, and, and taking not just like uh, habits, but also our heart just to take pride and to take these things out that they are a, a big stumble block in, yeah. in the future so we remove all these things i'll, I'll teach them how to love and love people through generosity without any ambition just in a practical way of know your neighbors and start doing good to them know your family and start doing good to the people that they need help That's and through that. that training um then i start just uh, teaching them like social skills because oh, they need yeah. lots of social skills because sure. they, they have unhealthy relationships. 
And yeah. even if we are building in these uh, beautiful ways, something, if it's not healthy, it will come out and damage all the things that we're trying to build. Right. So I, I build also in, in that, like the first is the heart, the loving God. The second one is the, the health. And mm -hmm. then we start just equipment with, with leadership skills, yes. like in how to, to administrate their times and how to uh, be able to sort like meetings without carrying people, but just pointing them to Christ and pushing them into personal victories. Wow. And, and then uh, where also I have small groups that you uh, told us that very much like that uh, special block in, in lifting all the work of God. And uh, so I have like small groups that they gather and they share and they are working together and they are, and protecting each other's back and that has been like encouragement for people walking through different challenges That's awesome. and, and i'm and i'm working like in different manuals of more prepared leadership uh, towards the areas that they are being pulled by god or led by the spirit if they are going to the marketplace that i will bring those tools and if they are going through yeah. like to, to be moms or to be wives or to deal with certain things i start just dividing like different groups like you are doing with the Leader, leaders alliance so i'm just replicating yeah. everything that you are doing <laughs> yeah well i mean because you told the story about the woman who sort of stepped away from her wealth because she had been abandoned by her husband just to serve the lord but obviously i know you have a passion also for marketplace ministry that many yes. people are not going to be called to just step out of their their vocation their profession to move into full-time ministry, as we call it, you know, the pulpit ministry. Mm -hmm. How do you minister to those folks that are still called to stay, let's say, working in a hospital or working in a in a school or working in the government somehow? How do you work with those individuals who, let's say, are earning their living somewhere else other than ministry time? Okay. I like to father them, just to be yeah. friend of them and to partner with them in, in their call that God has given to them. That's the Ephesians 4 principle that, that yeah. he's, we are in like the five-fold ministry. We are to support the ministry of all saints. Yes. And that's what I do. I Yesterday I was meeting with these people that they, they are opening this studio and making shortcuts and they are going to release a TV show for Netflix and they're doing that. But they came to me when they didn't have anything. I met yeah. the, the woman first and she was, I was discipling her in a group and he brought, she brought this uh, guy that she was dating and he didn't believe in God, but he received a prophetic word in, in that place that he was made to be a creative and, and to build a studio and to all, do all these things. And he was so impacted by that, that he started just gathering and walking with God. And I didn't say like, you need to go outside and stop doing what you're doing. I just believed that he was called and I believe that he was uh, anointed by God to do something. And I just wanted to partner with them. Yes. So I think as leaders, we need to, to find um, resources or tools to develop people into their calling, yes. not to bring us into our own calling because we're different. But yeah. if I have like the prophetic gift and I have leadership and I have these miracles anointing, I would just bring it to them to assist them into fulfilling their own ministry. And right now they are, uh, they build this studio, they are growing more and more. They are um, in India and in the United States and different places. Yeah. And I can see the fruit. So I think we need Christ in those places. And I have inspired some ideas in this uh, TV show that they are going to release. So good. And bring it the kingdom. So like, we don't need to say Christ, but we can, and bring back the values of family and ethics and integrity and to bring some questions to the modern thinking through that series. So that's why, how we are doing it. Oh, that's so great. Um, well, let's target one more. We have about 10 more minutes. I want to I get down to what do you see as the biggest challenge right now with uh, leading emerging generation or reaching them or bringing them to Christ or uh, let's say catalyzing this revival that we've been praying for what do you see as the biggest obstacle right now and how can we remove that obstacle wow that's a good question i think that one of the difficulties of um 
bringing forward this new generation is opening space because they they have new creative ideas and and i mean i'm 37 years old i'm not that old but i'm a little bit disconnected with this new generation right so i need to allow them to to allow myself to be humble and to understand how they think and to mm-hmm. to examine everything that they are doing and i like the example of of paul when he comes to the apostles and they are doing church in a certain way just um favoring the jewish people and and not paying too much attention to the to the gentiles but he comes and he brings this uh, forward like the gentiles this is a new breed this is not jews we don't need to circumcise them we don't need to 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 tell them to save all these uh, protocols and, and ways because that's something that is not going to fit them wow. they come from a different culture so i i, I need that's why I'm buying lots of books because I need to understand what kind of people is coming into my hands and how to wow. not take them away from their calling, but to for myself to go inside their calling and push them uh, to the right place. I think that's the flexibility of leadership, of not knowing, not doing things from memory, but to start learning new ways of doing ministry and being flexible because the kingdom is not church. Church functions as a vehicle vehicle as uh, for the kingdom but it's not the kingdom the kingdom has different ways and expressions for example daniel the prophet he was in the middle of an evil king in an evil kingdom that he he wanted to do evil things and establish uh, laws that they were going against their principles but he didn't corrupt himself in that kingdom that's like we are not going to 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 um refuse or deny our faith or our principles or our values but we're not going to criticize we're going to change those places and we need the flexibility of knowing perfect but working with imperfect right well that's you know one of the biggest challenges of missions in general is understanding contextualization that's what it's called and i wrote that a lot in my book that i did with banning called revival culture Mm -hmm. And in that book, we, we look at what are the kingdom longings of each generation? What are the kingdom longings of each culture and subculture? Like, because I believe that God is at work within each generation to put a hunger for certain things. And those certain hungers will turn into the new wineskin once these people come to Christ. And so we have to understand there's certain things in every culture that are sinful you know, according to uh, Second Corinthians mm-hmm. chapter four, it says the God of this age has blinded the minds of them that don't believe. So there's a blinding work of the enemy in culture, but there's also um, open doors of the Holy Spirit's work in culture, mm-hmm. and because God is at work and it, and His angels are at work to actually prepare people for the good news. And so as we look at emerging culture, especially let's mm-hmm. say the millennials and Gen Z. I mean, mm-hmm. we're, we're dealing with a whole new generation. And I think you're absolutely right. If we try to put on them the structures of the previous generation, if we try to bring them into the wineskin of the previous generation, we may be missing some important mm-hmm. opportunities. And so yeah. to see church in a new way, and I just think one of the, you know, I know that emerging generation, they, they're very cause-driven. And we have the greatest cause in the universe, which is mm-hmm. the cause of Christ. I know that they're very community oriented. Well, we have the greatest community in the planet called church. If we can, if we can de, de-traditionalize our structures and make it available. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, we're, we're really poised. And I love what you're doing because you're looking young. You know, you're looking towards the emerging generation to say, this is, this is what's coming at us. How do we prepare them for what God's about to do on the earth? So any final words about that? How do you see that working? We need to probably wrap up in the next five minutes. So give us your thoughts about the the opportunity that we're in front of right now. What can we do to see God's kingdom come at the greatest level possible in the millennial and Gen Z reality as we look forward? Wow. I think we just need to learn how to work together. And that's why mm-hmm. I love Leaders Alliance and the idea of gathering with all these leaders and minds. And, and that's how you build great things. 
it's it's yeah. impossible for a man to to have all the pieces or all the anointing and all the wisdom of God. But if we walk and work together towards a, 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 just a single goal, that is God bringing this generation all the billion soul harvest. Yeah. We work together. We I think we can we can make it. I believe so. I, I believe it with all my heart. So I think unity is important and humility. Yes. To to take off all these big names and big things and just be humble enough to listen to each other and and, and just to partner. That's why, why I'm in, uh, putting together this team and and I have people that they are in science and they, they are like doctors. I have people that they are in finances, uh, business owners. I have ministers and, and we're we just bringing all these people and saying, how can we take a city? Wow. What do we need? Do we need like some connections with the politics? We need, we need some connection with this because we need just to work together. And I think that if we get to that point of bringing everything that we have and putting in uh, for Christ's sake, we can take cities back. That is so awesome. Well, so good to have you on this call. And uh, what I love most about what you said is that you're in a learning mode. That humility that mm -hmm. you talked about. I think if we approach this next generation with a humble heart and we're willing to mm -hmm. learn and we're willing to do so, we're willing to be relevant, but without compromise. Like we don't want to ever compromise scripture. We don't want to ever compromise the heart of God. But we also want to, at the same time, be sensitized to what God is up to as he's raising up this next generation. You know, I just came back from the send and it was mostly young people. I'd say 40,000 people in a stadium. It was amazing and powerful to see young people saying, here am I, send me. You know, the, the famous words out of Isaiah 6, you know, here am I, send me. And I feel like uh, it's time. It's time for us to do that. And I just am so excited about what God's doing in Mexico. I'm so excited about what he's doing throughout Latin America. I believe that actually one of the things that we found is I, I work in Brazil. Brazil is the second most active sending nation in the world. I believe the same thing for, for Mexico, that Mexico Amen. can be a sending nation where literally the young leaders that are being raised up now will actually be the major impactors in every realm of society and in na every nation on earth. So I just want to bless you as you are one of the people stirring the pot. You're one of the people that is making this happen. And I love the fact that you're involved with us and Leaders Alliance, and I look forward to our partnership in the future. So I'm anyway, for what, for it could too. you pray and just bless everybody on this call, both now and in the future that are watching this and, uh, and then we'll wrap up. Oh, thank you. Yes. Such a good time, Michael, that we are living in. And Amen. Father, we just ask for more of your Holy Spirit and just allow us to, to dream again the heavenly dreams just allow us to see in the spirit just allow us to be a generation like moses that goes up high in the mountain to receive revelation yes. that we are not just receiving revelations through messages and, and things that they are very important but we also need that connection because our destiny it's found in the revelation of christ as colossians 3 is mentioning that we need to look up into the high place when christ is revealed we are going to be revealed with him in glory and, and we need that glory god people don't believe in, in words anymore people are just expecting glory and glory doesn't need an, an advocate just to convince people the glory is enough to save people and we want to walk in that glory we want to build structures that host that glory we don't want just to have numbers we we want to have quality of people and yes. we come to you as people of quality we say yes to the process of refinement and and just to be pressed and to be um, put through fire so that that way you can have glory god allow us to go through processes so we can reveal more of your glory and just bring the spirit of unity so we can walk as, as a body we can just partner as one tribe one nation on the garden we can just be 
be the body that, that is following the head that is Jesus Christ. So thank you for this generation, God, and keep just coming and keep just showing, showing us new ways in bringing the kingdom in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, God bless you, Brian. And God bless all of you who are watching this. Uh, I'm just excited about what God is doing in Leaders Alliance and hopefully what he's doing in your lives. And so let's keep walking together as we see God's kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God bless you all.